Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. How do we understand the relationship between good and evil? Yes, how do we understand that relationship between good and evil? This question has been contemplated in every single generation, on every single continent, throughout hundreds of years. Indeed, the subject of good and evil turns up in philosophy and theology and folklore and books and movies and so forth. It is a very, very well-explored topic. In fact, looking back to those ancient Greek mythology, many of those fake gods and goddesses wrestle with this good and evil. Many of these gods and goddesses of the Greek mythology were neither purely good nor purely evil, but more dabbling in the shade of gray. The Greeks, many times indeed, saw things in shades of gray, not black and white. We see the same blurring 
of evil and good in our current culture, simply go to the movie theater, my friends, and watch one of the most recent superhero movies, and you will quickly realize that Batman and Spider-Man are not always purely good. Furthermore, in our superhero movies, we'll often find good guys fighting other good guys and bad guys sometimes acting good. This all really confuses the distinction between good and evil. And quite often in books, when we read those books, we find ourselves rooting for the villain of the story to overcome the good sheriff. Now, I do not share this to be a killjoy. However, I do share this. However, I do share this as just one example how we try to process and understand and think about good and evil. We examine good and evil from all the different sides. In so doing, we often blur the line between good and evil. We cheer on that villain and we pit good against good. Again, this kind of rearranging can make for a very good novel. However, if we're not careful, this kind of thinking taken to the extreme can have devastating effects on our ethics. It can have devastating effects not only on our ethics, but the Christian faith as well. My dear friends, most people acknowledge the existence of good and evil. It is rather self-evident. Evil exists and good exists. Indeed, this is very self-evident to most people in society. But there is a problem with this. And where it becomes problematic is this, is how we understand good and evil. Where does evil end and where does good begin? That is to say, where things become problematic is when we swap good for evil and evil for good, or when we blend them together into a shade of gray, or when we take that line between them and we remove that line, thus making them indistinguishable. This is the problem, my friends, that Jesus is talking and addressing from our Gospel of Luke. In our Gospel of Luke, we hear Jesus being accused of doing evil when in fact he is doing good. You see, some of the people, yes, some of the people condemned Jesus' work as the work of the devil. They said this, they said he, that is Jesus, he drives out demons by Beelzebub, the chief of demons. In other words, Jesus was tapping into the demonic sources of power to perform these miracles. They were foolishly accusing Jesus of making an alliance with the devil. Now this is problematic not only because it is false, it's a false accusation, but because it blurs the line between good and evil, Jesus being good, not evil. So Jesus, he resists this characterization and he responds back. He says this, he says, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. In other words, if Jesus was partnering with the devil, why would he work against the devil? Why would the devil empower Jesus only to see Jesus sabotage the kingdom of darkness? It does not make sense. Now, dear friends, it is quite simple. There's no alliance between Jesus and the devil. Light has nothing to do with darkness. Goodness is not in partnership with evil. What this means is that those who were accusing, yes, Jesus, those who were accusing Jesus were grossly confusing good and evil. 
Now, there's a profound application to all of this, though. That is, the church, yes, the church, the body of Christ, the church cannot be in alliance, in an alliance with anything evil. That is right. If the church aligns herself with evil, she is then separating herself from the Lord. As we've established, Christ has nothing to do with Satan. Therefore, light has nothing to do with darkness. Therefore, if the church is tempted to align herself with evil, she is actually splitting herself from Christ himself. In our day and age, there's a great temptation for the church to be seduced by the devil. Yes, indeed, the devil comes and seduces the church away from the light, away from Christ, By tickling our ears to listen to the old Adam or tickling our ears to listen to the ideas of the world. Furthermore, all around us we find churches selling out to the kingdom of darkness in exchange for fame and money and power and greater numbers in the pews. We too, yes we too can be tempted. We can be tempted to make friends with evil, to give an advantage to our church and denomination. We may be even tempted to use Satan's weapons in the cause of good, but we rationalize it away only for a time. But all that this does is divide the church away from Christ. Put a wedge between us and our Lord. Now, dear friends, we cannot befriend evil without dividing the church. And just in case you might think that this is an overreaction, ask yourself this question. If Satan is not willing, if he's not willing to have a divided kingdom, how can a divided church be of benefit to Jesus? If Satan does not want to be divided, why are we so quick to roll our eyes and say, well, the church needs to quit being so dogmatic and so strict and old-fashioned, and the church just needs to catch up with the times, the day and the age. is the 21st century after all. What we're learning, my friends, from our gospel reading is that there's no alliance with evil. There's no alliance with evil because Christ is not in alliance with evil. And because there's no alliance between Christ and evil, there's no alliance with evil for us as the church. That means when it comes to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, there's no neutrality for you. As a Christian, you cannot ride the fence, you cannot wave a Swiss flag, you cannot lay down an independent voter's card, and you cannot have your cake and eat it too. When it comes to good and evil, Christ and the devil, light and dark, there is no middle ground. In fact, the only thing worse, mark this, the only thing worse than evil is indifferent neutrality. Yes, pay attention, my friends. The only thing worse than being evil is being indifferent. Permit me an opportunity to explain. Listen carefully. You see, when we are indifferent, we do not have a compulsion to one thing or another. Indifference is, is, is simply shrugging the shoulders and saying these words, well, whatever. Yes, whatever. Indifference goes the way of apathy. It goes the way of a lack of concern. Indifference goes the way of disinterest and aloofness, of complacency and casualness and laziness. Indifference does not recognize evil that comes from evil. And it does not recognize good that comes from good. Indifference really doesn't care. 
And so, my friends, indifference becomes the devil's best friend. Yes, the indifference becomes the devil's best friend and Christ's worst enemy. Listen carefully and mark these words. It isn't liberal evolutionary atheists that are killing the church. But it is the spirit of indifference that rises right from the pew inside the church. One more time. Disorganized indifference from inside the church, inside the walls of the church, are far more destructive than the most organized forces of evil from outside the church. As much as we do not agree with agnostics and atheists, at least we can respect them for not going the way of indifference. At least we can respect them for having convictions of picking a side rather than floating along in the nothingness of indifference. Dear friends, evil exists. Evil exists. Goodness exists. They are different. There's no such thing as gray. There's no neutrality. And indifference? Indifference is not an option for you. The reason why? The reason is Jesus. You who have ears, hear this. You are God's beloved child. This is your position in Christ's church. You are loved. You are really loved. You are forgiven. You are really forgiven. You are accepted. You are really accepted because Jesus shed his blood on the cross for you. There's no such thing as indifference where you are kind of loved. There's no such thing as indifference where you are kind of forgiven, kind of accepted, and kind of belong to Jesus. Indifference is nonsense. In your baptisms, the Lord, he snatched each and every one of you from the kingdom of darkness. And he placed you not into a slushy indifference in the middle, but he places you into the light. Indeed, Jesus rescued you from the pits of hell. He rescued you from the pits of hell unto forgiveness and life and salvation. And so, my friends, you belong to Jesus, not the devil. And especially, mark this, especially not indifference. You are called to walk not in darkness or loaf around in indifference, but to walk in the love of Christ as a saint. Yes, you heard that right, as a saint. You are saints of Christ. You have been called through the word of the gospel and set apart as God's very own. You are now children of the light. What all this means is quite simple. As blood-bought, baptized saints, you shall have no part of the sins of the old Adam, no part of the darkness of the world. How can a child of the light dance in the darkness? How can a child bathed in the waters of baptism swim in the abyss of sin? Faith is living, my friends, and active. It's not apathetic like indifference. Furthermore, these lips, these lips and this tongue that you have receive the body and blood of Christ poured upon them. Therefore, your tongue and mouth are sanctified not to delight in slander and gossip and bitter talk about your neighbor, but they are sanctified to rejoice and to praise and to speak the glories of Jesus and the best construction of your neighbor to one another. Dear baptized saints, because there's no friendship with the devil and because there's no neutral gray between good and evil, you are called to walk as a child of the light. You've been separated from darkness. 
You belong to Christ's church. That is who you are. Indeed, that is who you are. So when you find yourself dabbling in indifference, when you find yourself flirting with the darkness of sin, repent. Yes, repent. Repent and return to where it all began, your baptisms. Yes, return to where you belong. My friends, when sin happens, when you're tempted into sin, stand up, beat your chest with confidence, confess your sins boldly. I am a poor, miserable sinner. Confess your sins boldly and hear the good news of the gospel that you are forgiven for Christ's sake. You belong to Jesus, not indifference. You're baptized into Jesus, not evil. Jesus is stronger than the devil. He is brighter than darkness. Jesus took the devil's armor and his, his armor of sin and death and he destroyed them at the cross and he did this all for you. Baptized saints of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, you are Christians. You are saints. You belong to Jesus. You are a member of his church. God be praised. God be praised indeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.